0: Hello friends welcome to book reading marathon challenge day 7 chapter 6 of atomic habits i am vivek kumar signing in for today today we'll be talking about motivation and how motivation is overrated and environment and environment often matters more in making our habits anaitrodik a primary care physician at Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston had a crazy idea. She believed she could improve the eating habits of thousands of hospital staff and visitors without changing their willpower or motivation in the slightest way. In fact, she didn't plan to on talking to them at all. Thondike and her colleague designed a six month study to alter the choice architecture of the hospital cafeteria. They started by changing how uh, how drinks were arranged in the room. Originally, the refrigerators located next to the cash register in the cafeteria were filled with only soda. The researchers added water as an option to each one. Additionally, they placed baskets of bottled water next to the food station throughout the room. Soda was still in the primary refrigerators, but water was now available at all drink locations over the next 3 months the number of soda sales at the hospital dropped by 11.4% meanwhile sales of bottled water increased by 25.8% they made they made similar adjustments and saw similar results with the food in the cafeteria nobody had said a word to anyone eating here there people often choose products not because of what they are but because of where they are if I walk into the kitchen and see a plate of cookies on the counter, I'll pick up half a dozen and start eating. Even if I hadn't been thinking about them beforehand and didn't necessarily feel hungry, if the communal uh, table at the office is always filled with doubtnuts doubt and bagels, it's going to be hard not to grab one. Every now and then, your habit changes depending upon the room you are in and the cause in front of you. Environment is the invisible hand that shapes human behavior. Despite our unique personalities, certain behavior tends to rise, arise again and again under certain environmental conditions. In church, people tend to talk in whisper. On a dark street, people act wary and guarded. In this way, the most common form of change is not internal, but external. We are changed by the world around us. Every habit is con- uh, is contest dependent. In 1936, psychologist Carl Levin wrote a simple equation that makes a powerful statement: behavior is a function of the person in that in their environment, or B is equal to FPE, where P is the person, E is the environment, B is the behavior. So B is a function of person and the environment. It doesn't take long for Lewis equations to be tested in business. In 1952, the economist Hawkins Stern described the phenomenon he called Suggestion impulse buying, which is triggered when a shopper sees a product for the first time and visualizes the need for it. In other words, customers will occasionally buy products not because they want them but because of how they are presented to them. For example, items at eye level tend to be purchased more than those down near the floor for this reason you will find expensive brand names, names featured in easy to reach locations on stores shelves because they drive more to profit while cheaper alternatives are tra- tugged away in hard to reach spots the same goes for end caps which are the units at the end of aisles end caps are money making machines for Retailers because they are obvious locations that encounter a lot of foot traffic. For example, 45% of Coca-Cola sales come especially from the end of the ISIL racks. The more obviously available a product or service is, the more likely you, t- you are to try it. People drink Bud Light because it is in every bar and visit Starbucks because it is on every corner. We like to think that we are in control. If we choose water over soda, we assume it is because we wanted to do so. The truth, however, is that many of the actions we take each day are shaped not by the purposeful drive and choice but by the most obvious options. Every living being has its own method for sensing and understanding the world. Eagles have remarkable long-distance vision. Snakes can smell by tasting the air and their highly sensitive tongues. Sarks can detect small amounts of electricity and vibration in the water caused by the nearby fish. Even bacteria have chemoreceptors, teeny sensory cells that allow them to detect toxic chemicals in their environment. In human, perception is directly directed by the sensory nervous system. We perceive the world through sight, sound, smell, touch and taste. But we also have some other ways of sensing stimuli. Some are conscious, but many are non-conscious. For instance, you can notice when the temperature drops before a start, or when the pain in your gut arises during a stomach, a stomachache, or when you fall off balance while walking on rocky grounds. Receptors in your body pick up on a wide range of internal stimuli, such as the amount of salt in your body or the need to drink when thirsty. The most powerful of all human sensory abilities, however, is vision. The human body has about 11 million sensory receptors. Approximately 10 million of those are dedicated to sight. Some experts estimate that half of the brain's resources are used on vision. Given that we are most dependent on vision than on any other sense, it should come as no surprise that visual cues are the greatest catalyst of our behavior. For this reason, a small change in what you see can lead to a big shift in what you do. As a result, you can imagine how important it is to live and walk in environments that are filled with productive productive cues and devoid of unproductive ones. Thankfully, there is good news in this respect. You don't have to be the victim of your environment. You can also be architect of it. How to design your environment for success? During the energy crisis and oil embargo of the 1970s, Dutch researchers began to pay close attention to the country's energy uses. In one suburb near Amsterdam, they found that some homeowners used 30% less energy than their neighbors, despite the homes being of similar size and getting electricity for the same price. It turned out the houses in this neighborhood were nearly identical, except for one feature the location of the electrical meter one had one some had one in the basement others had the electrical meter upstairs in the main hall as we may guess the homes with the meters located in the main hall uh, hallway used less electricity when the energy use was obvious and easy to track people changed their behavior every habit is initiated by a cue and we are more likely to notice cues that stand out. Unfortunately, the environments where we live and walk often make it easy not to do certain actions because there is no obvious cue to trigger the behavior. It's easy not to practice the guitar when it's tugged away in, in the closest. It's not easy to read a book when the bookshelf is in the corner of the guest room. It's not easy to take your vitamins when they are out of sight in the pantry. When the cues that spark a habit are subtle or hidden they are easy to ignore. By comparison, creating obvious visual cues can draw your attention towards a desired habit. In the early 1990s, the cleaning staff at Sickfall Airport in Armstrong installed a small sticker that looked like a fly near the center of each urinal. Apparently, when men stepped up to the urinal, they aimed for what they thought was a bug. The stickers improved their aim and significantly reduced spillage around the urinal. Further analysis, further analysis determined that the stickers cut bathroom cleaning costs by 8% per year. I have experienced the power of obvious cues in my own life. I used to buy apples from the store, put them in the crisper in the bottom of the refrigerator and forget all about them. By the time I remembered, the apples would have gone bad. I never saw them, so I never ate them. Eventually, I took my own advice and redesigned my environment. I bought a large display ball and placed it in the middle of the kitchen counter. The next time I bought apples, that was where they went, out in the open where I could see them. Almost like magic, I began eating a few apples each day simply because they were obvious rather than out of the sight. Here are a few ways you can redesign your environment and make the cues for your preferred habits more obvious. If you want to remember to take your medication each night, put your pills bottle directly next to the faucet of the bathroom counter. If you want to practice guitar more frequently, place your guitar stand in the middle of the living room. If you want to remember to send more thank you notes, Keep a stack of stationery on your desk if you want to drink more water fill up a few water bottles each morning and place them in common locations around the house if you want to make a habit a big part of your life make the cue a big part of your environment the most persistent behavior usually have multiple cues consider how many different ways a smoker could be prompted to pull out a cigarette driving in the car seeing a friend smoke feeling stressed at work and so on the same strategy can be employed for good habits by sprinkling triggers throughout your surrounding you increase the odds that you'll think about your habit throughout the day make sure the best choice is the most obvious one making a better decision is easy and natural when the cues for good habits are right in front of you environment design is powerful not only because it influences how we engage with the world but also because we rarely do it most people live in the world others have created for them, but you can alter the space where you live and walk to increase your exposure to positive cues and reduce your exposure to negative cue ones. Environment design allows you to take back control and become the architect of your life. Be the designer of your world and not merely the consumer of it. The context is the cue. The cues that triggers a habit can start out very specific. But over time, your habits become associated not with a single trigger but with the entire context surrounding the behavior. For example, many people drink more in social situations than they would ever drink alone. The trigger is rarely a single cue, but rather the whole situation watching your friends order drinks, hearing the music at the bar, seeing the beers on the tap. We mentally mentally assign our habits to the location in which they occur the house, the office, the gym. Each location develops a connection to a certain habit and routine. You establish a particular relationship with the objects on your desk, the items on your kitchen counter, the things in your bedroom. Our behavior is not defined by the object in the environment, but by our relationships to them. In fact, this is a useful way to think about the influence of the environment on your behavior. Stop thinking about your environment, as filled with objects start thinking about it as filled with relationships think in terms of how you interact with the space around you for one person her couch is the place where she reads for an hour each night for someone else the couch is where he watches television and eats a bowl of ice cream after work different people can have different memories and thus different habits associated with the same place the good news you can train yourself to link a particular habit with a particular context. In one study, scientists instructed insominics to get into bed only when they were tired. If they couldn't fall asleep, they were told to sit in a different room until they became sleepy. Over time, subjects began to associate the context of the bed with the action of sleeping and it became easier to quickly fall asleep, asleep when they climbed in bed their brain learned that sleeping not browsing on the phones not watching television not staring staring at the clock was the only action that happened in the room the power of context also reveals an important strategy habit can be easier to change in a new environment it helps to escape the subtle trigger and cues that nude you towards your current habit go to a new place a different coffee shop a bench in the park A a corner of your room you seldom use and create a new habit there. It is easier to associate a a new habit with a new context than to build a new habit in the face of competing cues. It can be difficult to go to bed early if you watch television in your bedroom each night. It it can be hard to study in the living room without getting distracted if that's where you always play video games. But when you step outside your normal environment, you leave your behavioral biases behind. You aren't battling old environmental cues, which allows new habits to form without interruptions. Want to think more creatively? Move to a bigger room, a rooftop patio or a building with expensive architecture. Take a break from the space where you do your daily work, which is also linked to your current thought patterns. Trying to eat healthier? It is likely that you shop on autopilot at your regular supermarket. Try a new grocery store. You may find it easier to avoid unhealthy foods when your brain doesn't automatically know where it is located in the store. When you can't imagine to get to an entirely new environment, redefine or rearrange your current one. Create a separate space for work, study, exercise, entertainment and cooking. The mantra is I find, the mantra I find useful is one space, one use. When I started my career as an entrepreneur, I would often walk from my couch or at the kitchen table. In the evening, I found it very difficult to stop walking. There was no clear division between the end of the work time and the beginning of personal time. Was the kitchen table my office or the space where I made ate meals? Was the couch where I relaxed or where I spent emails, sent emails? everything happened in the same place a few years later i could finally afford to move to a home with a separate room for my office suddenly work was something that happened in here and personal life was something that happened out there it was easier for me to turn off the professional side of my brain when there was a clear dividing line between work life and home life each room had one primary use the kitchen was for cooking the office was for working whenever possible avoid mixing the context of one habit with another when you start mixing context you will start mixing habits and easier one will usually win out this is one reason why the versatility of modern technology is both a strength and weakness you can use your phone for all sorts of tasks which makes it a powerful device but when you can use your phone to do nearly anything it becomes hard to associated associated with one task you want to be productive but you are also conditioned to browse social media check emails and play video games whenever you open your phone it's a mismatch of cues you may be thinking you don't understand I live in New York City my apartment is the size of a smartphone I need each room to play multiple roles fair enough if your space is limited divide your room into activity zones a chair of reading for reading, a desk for writing, a table for eating. You can do the same with your digital spaces. I know a writer who uses his computer only for writing, his tablets only for reading and his phones only for social media and texting. Every habit should have a home. If you can manage to stick with this strategy, each contest will become associated with a particular habit and the mode of thought. Habits thrive under predictable circumstances like these focus focus comes automatically when you are sitting at your work desk relaxation is easier when you are in a space designed for that purpose sleep comes quickly when it is uh, the only thing that happens in your bedroom if you want behavior that are stable and predictable you need an environment that is stable and predictable a stable environment where everything has a place and a purpose is an environment where habits can easily form. Now, the chapter summary. Small changes in context can lead to large changes in behavior over time. Every habit is initiated by a cue. We are more likely to notice cues that stand out. Make the cues of good habits obvious in your environment. Gradually, your habit becomes associated not with a single trigger but with the entire context surrounding the behavior. The context becomes the cue. It is easier to build a new habit in a new environment because you are not fighting against old cues. So, friends, it's Vivek Kumar signing off for today. Till we meet again tomorrow. Thank you very much.